John chapter 3, verse 16. And I'm sure that you know this scripture by heart, but we just can't hear it enough. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Why? That whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to do what? To condemn the world. You see, sometimes as Christians, we even get to the point to where we're condemning other people, other Christians, okay? Well, he shouldn't be doing that. She shouldn't be doing that. They should be doing this. And we, we kind of build ourselves up, in a sense, and we put others down, okay? But even the Bible says that Jesus, God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, to point the finger at it and say, you're wrong, you're, you're all this. No, it was out of love that, that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, as the Messiah For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. But to save the world through him. You see, that's God's heart. He loves people. And we talked recently about Jonah and how he had strayed from God and and how God had told him to go and, and, and take a message to these people, this, this sinful city, and the city didn't know who God was. They didn't know what he wanted. And God's desire was for those people who didn't know him, who were headed for hell, God wanted to send a message of salvation to those people in Nineveh. Why? Why does God care about people that don't know him? Why does God care about people that don't love him? Why? Why? It is all because of love. In the Bible it says, and maybe we can find this scripture, these three remain. What are they? Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is, is love. Faith, these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. You see, all these other things will, will disappear, but love will remain. And in the scripture it says that for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor height nor depth nor angels nor demons nor this nor that and he goes on this rant and he and he says I'm convinced that none of these things could ever separate us from the love of God that is in who Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. There is something special. There is something unique 
about the love of Christ Jesus that makes Christianity different than any other religion. It makes it special. It makes it personal as well as collective, if you will, corporate. And we talked about the importance of community and and viewing the Scriptures through the lenses of what? Let's see if you remember. The lenses of community and God's great love for mankind. Okay? And I want to share this Scripture with you. Oh, here it is. Romans chapter 8, verse 38. Romans chapter 8, verse 38. You brought your Bibles this morning, didn't you? (laughs) I want to tell you, too, if you don't have a Bible, we can get you one before you leave today. Okay? Mike, raise your hand. Talk to Mike back there. We'll hook you up before you leave. Okay? Romans chapter 8, verse 38. Now listen to this. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future. How about that one? Neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That, and you know, we can say to ourselves, well, pastor, I've been so bad in my life that my sin cannot be cleaned by God. I'm, I've been so bad, there's no one that can save me. My soul, I was talking to somebody yesterday that said, my soul is complete darkness. My soul is complete darkness. There's no hope for me. The Bible says otherwise. The Bible says otherwise. (laughs) The Bible says in Isaiah chapter... 49, verse 23, those who hope in me will what? Not be ashamed, put to shame, uh, disappointed, right? There is forgiveness in the cross. There is no sin that's too great that God's love can't erase. So we don't ever have to worry that our sin or our mistakes or our disobedience is so great that God can't make us clean and set us before him in right standing again. That's not the truth. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that there is hope. There is hope in the cross. There is hope in the words of Jesus Christ. There is hope in the gospel. The gospel means good news. That's what that means. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, the Bible says. As you see them 
coming from afar, they're bringing good news, and your heart is joyful. The joy of our salvation. There is hope in the cross. There is hope in Jesus. And as we were worshiping today, I just felt like the Lord desires and was wanting to specifically here today to be setting some people free, to be breaking some chains here today. And those chains, that bondage can come in so many different capacities. There are so many things for us to be weighted down with in our lives. Would you turn with me to Hebrews? I believe it's chapter 12. Let's just take a look here. Yes, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Let's read through verse 3. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now, let me just set the context a little bit here for you. In this scripture passage, in, in these last few chapters here, uh, the author has been um, talking about the faith hall of fame, I like to call it. Um, and he's talking about the great fathers of the faith, Moses and Abraham and even uh, some ladies as well that are in the Faith Hall of Fame, and, and it gives examples of what they have done, Isaac and Jacob and, and so on and so forth, okay? And so he's telling them how great their faith was in God. And then it says in chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, well, what witnesses? The ones that he just listed in the previous chapters, okay? Surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything and the sin, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. That's the way sin is. Sin wraps itself around your ankles and tries to trip you up. The enemy is very good at tripping us up, isn't he? Okay? He knows the things that are going to trip us up. He knows, in a sense, for any of you card players, he knows what card to play that's going to trump your ability to resist. Are you with me? Okay. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So let us throw off the things that hinder us. Let us throw off, let us get rid of the stuff that holds us back from being obedient to Christ. Let us get rid of all the junk in our lives that keeps us from moving forward in the faith, that keeps us from maturing in Christ. Do you know that's God's will and desire for us, that we be mature in Christ? And that is an ever-increasing challenge. Amen? Let's continue. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let's just stop there. 
Let us run with perseverance. Maybe some of you are runners. Maybe some of you have competed in some capacity recently or in years past. And when you are in competition of sorts, you need to have endurance. You need to have perseverance. What is that? Well, it's pressing on when things get tough, basically, isn't it? You keep on pressing on when things get tough. He's painting a picture here of a runner which was very, very common in those days, in Greece and so on and so forth. Running was one of the ways that messages got back and forth. Running was one of the main competitions at that point, okay? And so people would have a visual aid, a visual reminder as this is being written. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, this this version says, pioneer and perfecter of our faith. In other versions it says, author and perfecter of our faith. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The Christian life is never easy. God never said that it would be. But he always said that he would be with us. The Bible says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will not leave you. Praise God. We have this hope. We have this peace. We have this... The Bible says that we are more than conquerors through Christ. More than conquerors. Let's bring that scripture up. More than conquerors through Christ our Lord. So the Bible says, where does our help come from? Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord. Where does our help come from in our government? Where our, well, our help comes from the Lord. Where does our help come from in the arms race? Well, our help comes from the Lord. Where does our help come from in the drug epidemic? Well, our help comes from the Lord. He is the source of our strength. He is the source of all that we need. Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 38. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, for I am convinced. And he goes on and he lists that scripture that we were just reading, that nothing would be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have... The Bible says that we are the light of the world, a city set on a hill. We have what the world needs. We have what the world needs. And it's not of our, our, in or of ourselves. 
But we are the messengers. We are the ambassadors for Christ. We represent him to the world. I pray this prayer so often. And on Wednesday nights when we close in prayer, I pray that God would help us to represent him well to this world. Because as we go out there, that's really where the rubber meets the road, as we would say. It's real easy to be Christians when you're in church on Sunday morning. You know the, the jargon, you know the lingo, you know the Christian language, and you sound, we can sound really Christianese on Sunday morning. You with me? But when we leave, sometimes our language changes a little bit. Sometimes our actions change a little bit. And the closer we get to home, the more they change. (laughs) But we are Christ's ambassadors. We are to represent him to this world. We are to point people to him. Okay? And as we were talking this last month about giving, about a lifestyle of giving, the joy of giving... As we pattern ourselves after this way, giving of our our talents and our time and our finances, people begin to see this pattern in our lives, and they see that there's something different about us, that we're not living for ourselves. We're not living for ourselves. We're living for someone else. Amen? We're living to fulfill the cause of Christ. We're living to fulfill his agenda in a sense. Amen? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. God wants everyone to come to the place where they recognize that they need him. And as we were worshiping today, that's what God was talking about. That's what he was saying to us. That when we are in a place of need in our lives, it's not until we come to the place where we recognize that we can't do it ourselves. When we recognize that we are sinners... We need a Savior. We need someone to free us from our sins, to cleanse us from our sins. And that's where that scripture in John 3, 16 comes in. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life. When we recognize our need for Christ, and we call out to him, well, why do we need Christ? Why do we need a Savior? Because our sin, our sin. We are sinners. Well, what is sin? Sin is disobedience to God. Plain and simple. Sin is disobedience to God. When we disobey God in the Scripture, according to God's law, there is, we are deserving of punishment, if not death itself. The Bible says in Romans that all 
have sinned and what? Fall short of the glory of God. I love it when you guys answer back. <laughs> it's like test every morning, every, every Sunday, right? We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means every one of us has sinned. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. So if there would be someone that would say, well, I have been a really good person, I deserve as if we could try to convince God that we need to get to heaven of how good we are, right? Be very careful, very careful, okay? The Bible says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says that our own righteousness is as filthy rags before God. We can't come before God and say, I am deserving of heaven because of how clean I am, how righteous I am. No, we can't. Because all have sinned and fall short of the the glory of God. We have all sinned and need a Savior. And you may remember the story of the uh, tax collector and, and the Pharisee that had gone into the temple. You remember the story. And the, the Pharisee comes to the temple and he's thanking God that I am not a man like that man over there. Thank you that I give a tenth of everything that I get. And he lists a bunch of stuff. Thank you that I am this and I am that. And he's puffing himself up and telling God how good he is. Man, don't stand too close to me, buddy. Yeah? And then over here is this tax collector, and he's hated by people. He is a known sinner, and he comes before God. Humble. He won't even approach the Holy of Holies. Why? Because he knows that he's a sinner. He won't even look up because he's so sinful, but he knows it. And he cries out to God, and he says, God, forgive me. Have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus, in telling this story, asked this question, who went away justified? The tax collector. Why? Because he humbled himself. He recognized his own need, and he cried out to God. Do you see? He went away justified. Why? Because all the good stuff he'd done? No. Because of God's forgiveness upon him, washing away his sin, and his recognition of his own sin need. We have in ourselves a sin need. Because we sin, there is something that has to be done. And it's at that point of need that we call upon God. And he rescues us from our sin. Amen? He rescues us from our sin. Would you stand with me today? Bill, would you come to the piano? I believe that God is moving this morning. I believe that God, when God moves, he's waiting for a response from his people, okay? 
God is waiting for a response from people. He has provided the way for us to be saved. He's provided the way for us to be cleansed and made right again before him. All right? And that's not by anything that we do, but it is by him. And he is waiting for a response from us. What will we do? What will our response be? And so he is reaching out his hand and he's saying, trust me, trust me, come to me, let me in to your life, let me help you. Let the work that was done on the cross wash you clean. Let the work that was done on the cross by the shedding of Jesus' blood take away your sin. Do you know that sin separates us from God? But praise God, He is never willing for us to remain that way. He's never willing to allow anything to keep us from him. And all that we need to do is receive him. The Bible says to them that believed, to those who received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. But we need to respond to him. We need to receive him. We need to believe on him. That's our part. I challenge you today to muster up your strength and your courage. Heavenly Father, I pray for each and every person that came forward this morning. I pray for your um, intervention, Heavenly Father, and I pray for your blessings. I pray for your favor, Heavenly Father. I pray that you would guide them. I pray that you would protect them. I pray that you would help them, God, to walk in obedience. Help them to understand and to learn what that means. And Lord, I pray that you would instill in them the Holy Spirit, that you would put that deposit in them, Heavenly Father, as we would put a deposit into the bank, that you would put the deposit of your Holy Spirit in their hearts, in Jesus' name. And Father, as we leave today, I pray that you would guard us and protect us. Set your angels around us, Lord. Open our eyes that we may see you at work in our lives. Open our ears that we would hear from you. And help us, oh God, as we talked earlier, to represent you well to this world. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. I love you. God bless you. I'll see you next week.